Hello, everybody. It's Olivia, your host. Welcome back to another episode of Olivia's Obscura. Um, This is actually Olivia from the future coming at you because I actually recorded this episode with Bestie of the Pod, Montana. If you've listened to any other episodes, there is a 100% chance you've heard me mention her because I mention her so, so, so much. Um, But I just wanted to pop in here before I get into the video to say that we decided to record together really spur of the moment, and I've never recorded with another person before. We had a very low-budget, lo-fi setup, so we were recording with my one mic, the two of us, um, which is not something that you're really supposed to do because it's not designed to do that. Um, But we just were like hanging out, and the mood struck, and we decided we wanted to record Um, It is a good episode. I had a lot of fun recording it, um, and I think you're going to like it, but I just wanted to come out and say that I know the audio is less than desirable, okay? Like, I know, and I'm sorry. It's what we have today, right? I promise that, listen, we're working here at at Obscura Pod headquarters. Like, we're working to get a better mic set up for guests, but... um, You wouldn't believe it. The budget for this podcast is actually zero dollars. So I guess if the audio really bothers you that bad, you can definitely go ahead and Venmo me a couple hundred bucks to get some better mics. Um, Olivia Dash Stober, if you are (laughs) interested in being an angel investor into Obscura Obscura Pod Incorporated. that's not a real thing. (laughs) I wonder if I do. Okay. This is really off topic, but I do wonder if I ever, cause like I have a sole proprietorship for like my artwork that I sell, but I wonder if I ever, cause like obviously long-term I want to monetize the podcast. Like, are you kidding me? Getting paid to sit here, sit on my ass and talk into a microphone. Like absolutely. I want to make money doing that. That's my passion. (laughs) That sounds like, that sounds like the best thing that could possibly happen. Um, But I wonder if that ever does happen, I'm going to need to file, like, an LLC under, like, the Olivia's Obscura name. Or if I can just kind of, like, lump it in with my my current sole proprietorship. Anyway, that's, like, definitely not not relevant to anything. Um, But what I was trying to get at is the audio isn't great. I am definitely sitting closer to the mic than Montana. And I also am just used to talking louder like into the mic so at some points I'm gonna sound like absolutely insufferable um because I sound so loud compared to Montana specifically when I laugh um and so I just want you to know that like yeah I'm aware that I sound like a hyena and I hope that you can kind of like get into it like if you can't get into it get out of it um and vice versa if you can't get out of it get into it um but I just wanted to give you my fair warning that it is my sincerest apologies I know that we have a not the most desirable audio setup and I just you know I'm gonna do better I'm gonna do better for you okay I promise um but I hope that you enjoyed the episode me and Montana hang out all the time all we do is yell and laugh when we're with each other um which obviously doesn't always make for the most pleasant to listen to podcast because Oh, most of this ep- this episode that you're about to listen to is a lot of yelling and talking over each other and laughing. Um, but I hope you can power through. If not, that's not a big deal. I'll be back on Monday talking about another Lifetime movie. But 
this is definitely just like a goofy episode different than my other episodes and I had so much fun making it with one of my besties okay so be happy for me and put your hands together (laughs) go ahead and give me and Montana a big old round of applause because you are about to hear us talk okay bye let's get into the pod okay we're recording hi do you want to hit that yeah I do (laughs) (laughs) I am here today hello obscure nation it's me it's Olivia it's your host I'm here today with a very special friend of the pod that you all know because I talk about her every episode. It's hi Montana. Guys. Hi. Say hi, Montana. I'm hi. so happy to have Montana here today. And this is very impromptu because I've been trying to, I was wanting to get like a full setup with like a real, like two microphones and like yeah, headphones. Yeah, we had big plans for this. We had huge plans, yeah. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, fuck it. Like, let's. We got a little like, overambitious today with just the general need and desire to constantly hang out <laughs> and you wanting to record. And so then it was like, well, let's we might as well just do, do it, it together. together. <laughs> right. Let's just do it together. And, um, you know, so yeah, the audio might not be top tier, but it's going to be fine. It's what we've got. And so I, it's what you're going to get. <laughs> I did make you sit through Deadly Daughter Switch just now. Yeah. Is there anything one. you want to say before we get going? Anything you'd like to touch oh on? Anything God. you'd like to tell the world? Anything you'd like to get off your chest, off I, your desk? Okay, well, at some point, like, I will get curious in this in this episode. I will have to Google the stats on, like, how often do babies actually get switched at birth? That's actually a really good point. And, like, when they're trying to find them, do they just get on the news and say, hey, if you were born on this yeah, day, like, come take a DNA test? You, Hey, guys, you might not be who you think you are. Come find out. That feels like a crazy way to announce that. It feels crazy. And also, the whole thing about how they met was crazy. But I guess we should start by summarizing. Yeah, we gotta gotta go back. Because the whole thing. I have, like, so many notes here, but I gotta get into my Canva real quick. I'm actually gonna move this so that while I'm... Do I need to hold... I can support. You know? (laughs) I got you. I got you, bestie. No, what if I do... That okay. This because then happening. I can look yep. at the laptop. Then we can look at the notes as we go. Perfect. And I'm also close to the mic. Oh, this is actually better. I had another question, but I forgot what it was already. That's okay. We can go off the rails too. Like, don't worry if um. Oh, I know what it was. I was gonna ask how much I'm allowed to swear. As much as you want. Okay, good. Just because like I generally do and needed to make sure that. No, that you was can okay. swear all you want. Okay, I cool. we don't have any sponsors or anybody monetizing this podcast so Sick. i answer to nobody Sick. i love that. and so we can say fuck and shit and piss <laughs> crazy and cock and dick <laughs> go ahead and try it <laughs> good lord okay you can say any swear word you could possibly think this of this is the haunted house tour okay yes <laughs> okay so Today we are discussing the Lifetime Movie Network original Deadly Daughter Switch from the year 2020. Um, and we kind of have like our like our four key players, I would say. Yeah. We have our two daughters. The two daughters and the two moms are and the really two moms. the main point. The, the men in the movie are highly irrelevant. <laughs> yes. Which They're is... somehow, it's kind of central to the plot, but they are all, as characters, highly irrelevant. I Yeah, and I kind of feel like they... It's like a reverse Bechdel test thing. Yes. <laughs> There's no scene where the men are talking about something other than the women. That's Correct. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Oh, love that. Okay. Interesting take. Okay, so we start off the movie, we get introduced to Brooke, who is one of the moms. Yes. And she's a landscape architect. Well, wait, are we going to start at like the very, very beginning of the movie? 
Oh, yeah, the opening scene. Yeah, because the opening scene really sets up the rest was, of the movie. Like, okay, so I... Because they're so formulaic, they do that often. Yes, and as commonly as if you listened to the last episode, you heard Olivia describe the ending, like, the, the final good feels sum up scene, there is also the pre, like, flashback scene that usually starts off the movie and sets up something bad. Yes, you're right. So that, in this... Scene. And then they take place like later in the now time. And that comes up to, that catches Correct. up to the movie at some Correct. point. It's usually an integral clue, and it was in this movie. Yes. So it was, um, well, it was a girl, right, like fighting with her boyfriend yeah. because she was pregnant and he wanted her to get an abortion. Yeah, and they're in the car, and she's like, and she kicks him out of the car, and she's like, get yeah. out of the car. I'm keeping this baby. And he's yelling at her about, you know, like, what are you going to do? Like, be a teen mom? And she's like, yeah, yeah. You, I am going to be a teen mom. <laughs> so, And then she runs him over. Right. He asks what her plan is, and she runs him down, which, like... And, like, for okay. all we know, he's left for dead. <laughs> yeah, it very much... You don't know if he's alive, you don't know if he's dead. No, and given the way that they kill people, it, like, heavily implies that he's just... He's a goner. He's a goner. Right, because, well, also in the last episode, I introduced my spectrum of lifetime universe physics to, to fast and furious physics. physics. Of course. And, and I so strongly concur. In I the lifetime universe, like, not only would getting run over by a car usually send you, like, to death, but, like, it could possibly, like, send you to another dimension based on how severe injuries are in the Correct. lifetime universe. So it's interesting. But that's kind of the end of that scene. But I think that, like, it's definitely left ambiguous. I think you are supposed to assume that he's dead. I agree. That's true. No one needs to watch this movie. No. We would suggest against it. It was one of the worst ones. It's one ones. of the worst ones, yeah. It's like, I watched it, this was maybe, the, this was the third time through I watched it, because I watched it once kind of like half-assed, and then I watched it once to take notes, and then I watched it once with you just this afternoon. I could probably do it a second, like, By the third watch. viewing, I was like, this is a really, I'm done. Yeah, this one's not... <laughs> This is not a spectacular one as far the as The plot go. isn't there. It's the little moments of, like, no. weird dialogue and, like, weird... Yes. Like, it's... This would be a great one for bingo. It would be an excellent one for bingo. Because we have the... Yeah, you have all the flashbacks. You have the impossible dialogue. You have yeah. the flash forward where everything's okay. You've got it all. You've got it all. So, Brooke is at this landscape opening thing for her community center. <laughs> the Hillside Community Center in L.A., Oh yeah, and it flashes, wait, wait, wait. It flashes forward after the car scene, flashes forward 16 years, and it <laughs> opens with... Fuck, yes, I keep forgetting <laughs> yeah. where we are. And opens with Brooke, a mother, at this landscaping thing. At this landscaping thing with her, like, business partner slash yes. friend who's blonde. There's always a friend who's blonde. Yeah, there's always a... Do we even get a name for her? Viv. Oh, that's right. Viv. Um, Viv, I know, not Vivian. <laughs> Short. No, because they're besties, so it's just Viv. It's just Viv and their besties. It's just Viv. People and the women in the Lifetime movies also love to mix, like, work and pleasure. Like, they love to work with oh, their yeah. best friend or employ their best friend, which does seem... They love to get real messy with They it. love to get real messy. Like, the one from yesterday, the... What was it? The Wrong Daughter? Yeah. It was, like, this woman worked with her best friend... They were opening a restaurant together. The two husbands were also best friends, and then they both lived on the same property. But, like, the husband and wife, one of them owned the house, and then the other okay. two rented the apartment behind them. But that's, like, which sounds to awesome. Be fair, that, that sounds awesome. Yeah, but I'm just saying that, like, that one woman who was in charge of the housing and the employment of the other friend, like, that could get dicey really quick. Okay, that's so true. But are we going to act like that's not our dream, and also that you don't literally work for Brooke? <laughs> She's not the owner of the company I work for. She's a middle management. Okay, true. But 
Also, yeah, I guess like I guess I would be like way more cautious if me and Brooke were opening a brick and mortar restaurant opening together. A together, like being on equal footing is very different than being like coworkers or even being managed by someone through through a different owner like company if that makes sense i don't know if yes I'm rambling now. no there's like there's separation there yes, that makes correct. it easier like okay. the fact i don't know okay fine. that was messy but they're fine. messy again in this movie too um brick and viv anyway yeah. and then we brick <laughs> this is gonna take us five hours to talk about <laughs> brooke gets a call from her she was like oh she doesn't get a call but she's like oh shit i'm late i have to go to my daughter's blood drive at the high school yes and she takes off and she takes off and viv is like bye bestie have fun and then Brooke and her husband Carter both show up to the blood drive. And Haley, the upstanding daughter, has yeah, organized make, the blood like, drive. They make it a huge point to to show us how like grade A this daughter is. She's like ASP president, she's doing volunteer work, she's a philanthropist, she's organizing a blood drive. Like she does it all. She does it all. And, and the they parents are constantly like, talk about oh, it. Yeah, yes. Well, because the parents are like that way. They are those. They're like high achieving. Actually, I don't know what the husband does. He's kind of just like her husband, no, which I do respect. He's irrelevant. He's irrelevant. The they don't. She's talk like about a high powered landscape girl boss who wears magenta twin sets. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of like does question mark. He's around. He's there. Um, He's around. He goes to the blood drive. They're donating blood, which at least is more than some people can say. And this blood drive sets up the entire rest of the plot. Yeah, it does. Because the morning after the blood drive. Well, then there's this kind of, like, inter, this scene intermingled where we find this lady who's, like, working at a local cafe who turns out to be the other mother involved in the birth switch situation. Yeah. And she's stealing money from the tip envelopes. <laughs> yeah, it cuts to, like, this other woman clo- doing a closing shift and... At a coffee shop. Taking money. At Steampunk Cafe. Steampunk Cafe. <laughs> is what it was called. And, like, taking money out of one of the envelopes and then locking up for the night. And locking up and we get the sense that, like, someone was watching. Yeah, they're like her boss. So like, kind of comes out of the background and like doesn't say anything. But like, you kind of know that, that he knows, knows what's up. right? Yeah. And so, well, there's so many cuts at the beginning of this movie because then we cut they're back all- to yes. Brooke and Carter and Haley, and Carter leaves, Haley leaves, and Brooke is sitting there and she picks up the blood donor information card. Which, like, is this... Okay, so I've never done a blood drive, but, like, is that a thing? So when I... then give you a little card, like, with your information I didn't get a physical card. I got... I used to do it in high school because I got to miss class. I always wanted to, and I I was under... I'm anemic now, so I can't do it. Yeah, in high school, I was, like, in my prime, so I could donate blood. And it was through the American Red Cross, and so I just had an app that I logged into, but it did have my, like, how many liters I had donated, like, what my blood type was. Like, I'm O positive, for example probably should know that about myself and simply don't i think there's like no my mom said because i didn't know my blood type until i started donating blood when i was like 16 or 17 yeah and my mom said that when she was in high school they did it as like as part of their science lab that they tested their blood type oh yeah that's really common um my cousin kate had to do that and she passed out during the lab i was gonna say that (laughs) seems like it would be like it's like it's famous family lore (laughs) that's so funny yeah and that's kind of what I was thinking, like, I feel like it would be, like, trepidatious to do that in, like, a public school. Like, we weren't allowed to do anything at school. Like, we weren't allowed to chew gum. You're telling us that we're allowed that's to true. prick our finger? That's a really good point. That does Like, like what if people did, like, the, the Blood Brothers <laughs> thing and, like, got, like... You know some fuckers did. You know that some people put their fingers together and did that. Yeah, but also they're 15-year-olds, like... Well, what were you doing when you were 15? We don't have to talk about that <laughs> <laughs> 
have to talk about that on air. I can cut that out. But Haley's blood type on the blood donor card is ORH positive. And Brick is like, hmm, that's weird. Like, I swear we tested her blood when she was born and it was, what was it? AB negative, like her dad. Well, and I guess there was something about she couldn't have the blood type because of the parents. I think that that's what... I think that that's what there's some Brooke, sort of recessive gene factor happening. Yeah, yeah. I think what Brooke saw in the card is not a possible blood type given those two, two others parents. as the parents, right? And so I think she was then like, wait, that can't be what she was as a baby. What she was befuddled, right. right? And so she she does go into the safe and get the medical records, and, and the ones match. on the re- medical records are AB negative, so it doesn't right. match the donor card. So she's freaking out. She calls the family meeting at the restaurant. Oh, love that. Yeah, the, she actually <laughs> says in this movie like, I'm calling a family meeting meet at the restaurant. And it's in LA and like famously LA only has one restaurant that you could possibly be going to. Of course. And well, and the best part and, is, lo and behold, what's the restaurant? <laughs> the Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> of course. Well, it's no, they show the sign implying like the stock footage of the Beverly Hills Hotel. I don't know if that was actually the inside of the Beverly Hills Hotel. No, because we've never been there. But like, <laughs> we've never been and there. And we'll never go there. We can hope. Oh, we, we can, can dream. We can do that as a little girl's trip one day. I oh, just we- for the day? Or even, like, one night. And just, like, have a drink at the pool. We could literally stay there for, like, one night if we wanted to for fun sometimes. We could. That would be, like, a splash out. That would be fun, though. Yeah. Maybe we'd see someone famous. There's no way that, like, it's, I don't know. I bet it's doable at some point in our lives. Yeah, and a day trip would be really doable, too. I'm not saying, like, next week, but, like, at some point in our lives. Sometime. I think we could do it maybe maybe in, like, two years. (laughs) Yeah, it's not high on my list. (laughs) Anyway. It's there. Anyway, they go to the one and only. (laughs) The literal only restaurant. In L.A., the Beverly Hills Hotel. And Brooke spills the news that, like, hey, you might not be my daughter. I can't decide if she, like, drops that news way too early for it to be appropriate or if it's good that she, like, lets the daughter in on it from the beginning. But she is, like, very much like, we don't know what's going on yet and just freaks the fuck out of the kid. Yeah, and I kind of respect it unless instead of, like, freaking out silently and, like, keeping the kid in the dark. That's, okay, yeah. I was, I, like, wasn't sure how I felt. But I do feel like most people would be, like, go to their husband first and be like, hey, here's what's happening. Like, what should we do? Yeah, like, maybe, like, there are But he's so irrelevant that she yeah. doesn't even consider him to be a factor. There's no conversation before the family meeting. She just discovers this and then is like, family meeting. Family Here's meeting. Everything. Oh, by the way, your blood donor type doesn't match what you were as a baby. Like, crazy. So they go to, well, no, then we switch back to Alexis, who was the one working at Steampunk Cafe. Mm-hmm. And we get a scene where she's sitting in the living room with her daughter, Brienne. Yes, sorry, I'm reading the notes because I'm trying to figure out what's You're going You're good on. because you were also shopping on, you were shopping for dresses during no, the time No, not yet, not yet. Oh, okay. I was still paying attention to the movie yet. I hadn't started shopping yet. You're going to be so surprised at the ending when we talk about it. <laughs> okay, so um, they have an appointment with their doctor. They have an appointment with their doctor. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and right. the doctor is like, yeah, unequivocally, we can guarantee that this is not your biological daughter. Right. <laughs> Which seems like an insane way to say that. It. It is really interesting. She, it's a, the level of like definity with which she's just like, not your kid and we don't know why or what's going on. It's kind of nuts. It's crazy. She's like, we don't know what happened. And also like the hospital does take full responsibility, which yeah, I would hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> but okay. And the medical center is like launching an investigation to figure out how it happened. Right. And so we're figuring out how that happened considering it's just public broadcast television because we then flash to Alexis and her daughter- Brienne watching yeah. TV in their house. 
Yeah, she's like gotten home from another late double shift, and they're because she's picking up all these shifts to pay for their vacation. They're trying to like have a mommy daughter trip, and obviously are like very poor and struggling. Is like trying. Yeah, but do you want to know what's so funny? Is that they're in this beautiful like Spanish style home. Yeah, (laughs) it'd be like a three thousand dollar upper middle class home. It's like I would feel like so lucky if I ever got to live in the house they lived in. Will never afford a house like that. No, and it was like her like poor person like working class home. Part time at a restaurant. The the real estate. in Lifetime movies is also just Baffling. completely divorced from any reality. Yeah. Yes. Because usually... Well, there are multi-million dollar homes regardless of the character. My theory that I, I say with like pretty decent confidence is that they have someone that they... Like the people who like direct and shoot these Lifetime movies know people who are realtors and they just go into these like really oh, fancy yeah, open sure. houses I'm and shoot sure them. i sure they have a setup. Because they are houses. empty. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the styling is minimal. Yeah. They don't like... None it of doesn't the homes look like a look home lived in. None right. of them have enough furniture for like an actual family to possibly be living. There's there. like no tchotchkes on the counters. Like They're nothing. Ridiculous. It's, it's crazy. So bizarre. It's so bizarre, which like leads to the like uncanny valiness of every Lifetime movie. It really does, because you're supposed to believe that these characters are living in this environment that humans simply are not. Isn't conducive in. to life. No. <laughs> it's crazy. No. <laughs> so on the TV, it comes up that. Brienne, the daughter, yeah. who looks like Meadow Walker. She, I swear to God, that's Meadow Walker. It was, because it's funny, when I watched the movie the first time, I was like, yeah, like, I have to Google it. I was like, no, did I'm she do a confused. Lifetime movie? I'm, like, very confused. I was like, I didn't know she did a Lifetime movie. She didn't. Um, <laughs> he just, he does that sometimes. He, like, digs that. just <laughs> dug up there and scooped more food out of his beer. Yeah, for, since you guys can't see. Like a vending machine. <laughs> <laughs> My cats have these automatic feeders that, like, the food comes down the chute, like, at a couple designated times per day, and they figured out that they can stick their little paws up the chute and, like, wiggle out a couple pieces. It's, like, two pieces of kibble. <laughs> it is not worth it. It's so crazy. And it's, it's, like, you would think that I, like, neglect them. <laughs> I've never fed them in their entire lives. Like, just <laughs> keeping that my section of laughter there in the recording we, i had to explain what i just saw because that was nuts he's so stupid that was nuts. he does and he and then he Ooh. eats it yeah wow. it's not like he just got dinner 12 minutes ago his dinner went off at 6 p.m and it's 6 12 and he's already like i am so hungry i need to dig up into fed. the theater. he's never been fed hashtag never been fed um, okay, back to the LMN universe. Yeah, so, like, on the TV, it comes up that they're, like, attention, hillside residents, like, which I'm just, is that, like, even a real neighborhood in LA? I don't know. I don't know. He's, like, if you were born on December 29th, 2003, or if you have a daughter who was born on December 29th, 2003, come in and get a DNA test because, like, there's been a switched up birth situation yeah. <laughs> they just announce it they're just like we don't know who the other baby is they just do is. an open like, call open call <laughs> casting call anyone who wants well, to come and, in and he does say like you can go online and see a list of all the babies that were born at this medical center that day mm-hmm. so like i guess you could just then go online so like i guess it's whatever seems fine i guess i've never i don't know how often that happens so i can't play to the realism I mean, of are that those, are medical records like public like that just for births Maybe it's an extenuating circumstance. No, they publish birthdays. Like, in the newspaper. Like, in the olden days, like, they would publish... Not even the olden days. Yeah, but that's, like, with... Like, people public... People send in their birthdays to be published. Interesting. It's not like the hospital sharing those records. Yeah, you're right. I don't know how that works. 
I mean, the hospital, everything the hospital did in this movie was fucked. Well, okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so I, I'm mad about them sharing the birthdays and, like, they literally swapped a baby. <laughs> right. Yes. That's right. Fair. They okay, swapped a baby. Battles. Which never gets covered. They're just like, oh, yeah, no, the nurse that was no on recourse. duty died. We don't know what happened. And that's the end yeah, of the story. there's no follow-up on that. It, the story, this story is not about the hospital. It's not about the hospital. The hospital is just as irrelevant as the husbands. Correct. And the boyfriends. Because the, yeah. 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 Um, so Brienne is like, oh my god, mom, like, that's my birthday. Um, and her eyes get really wide. And then we get cut to a scene where I'm assuming that she ended up taking the DNA test because the next scene is Brick and Carter and Haley, and then Alexis and Brienne sitting across from each other at like a conference table with a doctor. Yeah, they're all of a sudden like all in They're this all of a sudden meeting. all in one room, and it's like they hadn't ever like it seemed like this meeting was also the time that they were finding out that, like, this is the girl that you were switched with. Yeah, it seems like it was being introduced to them as well as us as viewers, but it was, it's a weirdly jarring cut. <laughs> right, because it's like, you're telling me that they haven't, like, emailed yet or anything? But yeah, there's no setup shown to us. They're just, like, all I, together now. I'm, like, really, really curious about, like, if this actually, I'm getting really caught up in the details, but, like, I'm so curious about if this did happen in real life. Is that how it would go down? Or I would assume there would be a more trauma-informed approach, like, in the real world where you got, like, access to a real therapist and, like... Probably. I don't know. Like, maybe not, though. I'm having a little bit too much faith in the medical system. That's a good point. That's also a good point. <laughs> so, Who knows? Hi, Adam. Come here, baby. Nope, not up there. He wants to podcast so bad. Oh, my God. He's trying. He is so out of control. How about you just hang out? How about you just hang out? Oh, okay. 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 So, so the family sits down together with some half-assed family counselor who suggests that they let the girls decide how they want to move forward. And the proposed arrangement with is... With no therapy or... With no therapy, no... Just, no. like... They're just going to think about hash it. Hash it out. Just sleep on it. Just, like, just sleep on it. Just I know that your it. life has been uprooted, as you know Completely. it. But it's no big deal. No you can just decide how you want to move forward. Um, they're 16 or 17, I think. Yeah. Um, so the arrangement would be that each girl would spend an appointed amount of time in the biological parents' home each week, and then, like, it would, like, allow to, them like, to acclimate to know, yeah. and, like, make an informed but, like, decision. They also, okay, like, so what? Was the decision, like, to switch back? Like, they were never going to do that. Like, it's crazy to be like, hey, like, I know you're 16 and you've lived with these people for 16 years, but now that you've figured out this other lady's your mom, like, do you want to live with her instead? Like, like maybe? Maybe. I've never been in that position. No, but like, no. Crazy. Especially because there is a clear, like, class oh, di- clear juxtaposition. Class yeah. Well, and that does come into play. Later. And that really does come into play. Um, But, okay, so that's kind of, like, it. Like, they... This like all of that yeah, goes they, down like literally one minute into the families meeting each other and they're already like yeah. so what do you, where do you want the girls to live like it's insane and it's not even a like maybe we start spending all like spending time together and get to, it's just like the girls will decide where they want to live pretty pretty soon it's like what if we did like what? group dinners every Sunday or yeah. something with like all of them together it seems like there's a better way to to orchestrate start introducing that. Yeah. any sense of connection yeah we there's another cutscene and now it's Alexis back at steampunk. And this is the one where she's closing the till and the owner of the cafe like actually sees her stealing the money out of someone's envelope. And he goes, Alexis, like, how, like I, I need you to take the money out of your pocket and like give me the money. And she just knocks him over. <laughs> 
Well, she first she like denies she denies knowing anything. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, and, and then, then she like, like she plays it crazy. She's like, Oh my god, like I'm losing my daughter. Like it's the yeah, only thing I have. She starts to like melt down about like losing her daughter because the other family is so is so much wealthier that she's like convinced that the daughter is gonna want to live with them instead now, even though that's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> it's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> it's absolutely bonkers. <laughs> but he. She, and then, yeah, and then they like tussle because he goes to grab the envelopes. She, yeah, and he she, goes she, to like, take it out of her hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she, and she shoves him into him. the corner. Well, she pushes him and he like loses his footing and hits the table on his way down. And he is bleeding out on the floor. Correct. <laughs> and, and she stages it to look like he slipped. Yeah, she, like, and just runs out the door. Over and like pours water everywhere and just leaves. And just takes all the money and leaves. Which is. The other thing that's crazy is that this is, like, happening right in front of the till where there would 100% be a camera in any reasonable scenario. This is when we get to the scene that Brienne is going to visit Brooke and Carter. Moneybags, Brooke and Carter. She goes over to their house and she's like, this house is so nice. It's like a magazine. I mean, their house is crazy nice it's like, so that's nice a, that's a three million dollar in home. la probably oh you're like right that's probably five. five million yeah you're right you're right it's so nice that's true um they have it's one of those houses where like the um the railing to go up to the staircase is just a sheet of glass yes <gasps> that which is so wealthy kind of house. It, it's so it's expensive so expensive it's so expensive looking and brianne like she's like oh is that like a ficus da 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 like she like spouts off the latin name of some plant and the mom's like, yeah, it is. And then Brienne serves us the best line in the whole movie, which is, yeah, botany is kind of my passion. You like plants? Uh, yeah, botany is kind of my passion. Which is, because the mom's like, how do you know that? Like, why do you know that? Yeah. And she's like, oh, botany is my passion, which, like, said no 16-year-old girl literally ever. Botany? botany? It's and it's so giving graphic design is my passion. It's like so I don't, and she delivers it with no emphasis. No, she just, no emphasis, and it's so we weird. never have any indication that she's into botany. No, like it would be one thing if like at, like do some character development. Like would it kill them? Like when at if the beginning, her gardening if they showed her watering a plant or like having a propagation or something. Like there is nothing that would indicate that botany is her passion. No, not at all. Anyway, that is like, that's probably my favorite part of the whole movie and it happens like 15 minutes in. It's great. It's all downhill from there. Yeah. Alexis and Haley, so the rich daughter goes to meet her the poor, poor mom. biological mom and um, they get, they meet up at like a diner to get to know each other and they find out they're both allergic to tomatoes. And the waitress is like, oh my god. Oh, like, well, so that was like, the daughter. thing about botany is that Brienne says that botany is her passion, and the mom says something about like, oh, you know, like gardening is like, gar- gardening is my thing too. Yeah, because she's a landscape architect. Yeah, and she's a landscape architect, so they're hitting it off. And at the same time, then it cuts to Haley and Alexis, like both being bonding over to being tomatoes. allergic to tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like this like side by side comparison scene with the two families like starting to kind of like connect. Right. And Brooke and Carter connected with Brienne really well. Right. But it's a bit stilted when Alexis and Haley get together because she's kind of withholding about information about her father. Yeah, Haley because, like really wants to know about the dad and Alexis is just like, he's dead, he died before you were a baby, car accident, like that's Right, you know. well she even, because at one point she mentioned, she like looks at Haley and she's like, oh you look so much like John. Oh yeah, So yeah, she yeah. even brings it up and then the daughter's like, oh who's John, is that my dad? And she's like, yeah but I don't want to talk about it. And it's like, then girl why did you yeah, say she, anything? Yeah, she like dangles it. <laughs> 
so weird. It's like when people post on their Instagram stories that they're like, I'm going through a really hard time right now. Like, don't like, ask me Pray about for it. me. And then they, they're like, please, I don't want to talk about it at this time. And it's like, well, well why are you going to post? <laughs> you brought it up. I didn't ask. And now I'm so curious. Yeah. I need to know what's happening. I didn't even care happening. before. Now I want to know. When I was in high school, actually, and I'm not going to say your name because I'm scared. Yeah. Like, I'm so deeply scared of anyone from high school, like, finding uh, out anything yeah. about this. I'm deeply scared of anyone from high school. Just full stop on my <laughs> Period. And I live with someone I went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but I went to school with this girl who was like, she was like really like weirdly much older than everyone in the class. Like in our senior year, like she was turning like 20. Mm. So like she had. That's weird. <laughs> right. And there was just like I something. I feel like she should have been at a continuation <laughs> school and not just like. At a public school with literal children. <laughs> like, I don't know what was going on there. That's weird. Um, or, like, maybe she was turning 19, which is, like, less... I don't know That's what it less was. weird. She's, like... But she was, like... Either way. I don't know what it was. That's just, like, also a completely irrelevant detail. <laughs> but, but she one time posted on her Instagram story, like, like, like right when Instagram... No! This was before Instagram stories came out. And so she posted on her, grid, on her grid a picture of her like laying in bed with a neck brace on <laughs> and like the flash on. Like the room was dark and like the flash was on. So it was just like this like really scary like That's... laying down angle okay. with the neck okay. brace. And the caption was, had a really scary accident. Please nobody ask me about it. It's really traumatizing to talk about. What? And it's like, why did you even what? post it? It's like, yes, you do want to talk about it, or you wouldn't have put it on Instagram. That's incredible. All the way, all of the steps necessary in that, straight up from taking the picture all the way to writing that caption. Incredible choices. Incredible. There's something else about her that I'll tell you off mic, too. Anyway, so what Alexis does tell Haley about the dad, she's like, oh, like, he died before you were born. But I'm kind of ashamed because he was the assistant volleyball coach at my community college, where yeah, she, she was presumably she on was, the team. She was a freshman, and he was the assistant coach. And he knocked like, her up. scandalous. Which is scandalous. He was probably 20, and she was probably 18. 18. Yeah. <laughs> which is so scandalous. Um, and Haley goes home, and Brooke is like, oh, like, how was... I was meeting Alexis and Haley was like, it's okay. Like she was just kind of like withholding and like, I didn't really feel like I connected with her like very much. And the mom. Oh, and then she was like, the only thing that she told me was that my father used to be an assistant assistant basketball coach, coach, but he died. Right. And so the mom then goes and does some research. I love that the mom is just immediately, immediately like kind of suspicious. She's on her FBI agent shit. She is from second one. What was it called? Search link. Yes. That's Search the database she the was Google looking in? colors. Like, yes. in the same colors, but it was called Searchlink. Searchlink. And what was the Instagram at the beginning? Insta, Insta, pic- Insta pictures. Insta pictures was the bootleg so Instagram. Good. I gotta go get some water. Real quick. You're keep good. Going, keep going I'm gonna keep going without you. Um, so, Brooke kind of does some research on her own, extra extracurricular research, and searches up John, who is Alexis's ex boyfriend. Haley's biological father, etc. And she's like, that's weird. Like, I can't find any information about a volleyball coach dying at this community college. And she confronts the mom about it. They run into each other at a in a parking lot, and Alexis and Brooke run into each other. And Brooke is like, oh hey, like, 
Um, Haley had a good time with you yesterday. I'm just like curious that she told me about what happened with her dad and like that's really sad, but I tried to find him because she is really like yearning for a connection with her father and or just like any kind of information that she can grasp. And she's like, and I couldn't find anything about a volleyball coach dying at this community college. And Brooks' excuse is that <laughs> she says verbatim, not Brooke, sorry, Alexis's excuse for why she couldn't find him online, any record of this death, is that he technically wasn't the coach. He was the assistant to the coach. So it might have gotten lost in a technicality. <laughs> Which is so silly. It's giving assistant to the manager. It is. I was about like, to say It's that. so stupid. Um, but Brooke is like, oh, that's weird. And, or yeah, Brooke like leaves it alone then and they leave. Well, she, yeah, she leaves it alone in person, but you can tell that she's like definitely suspicious. Right. But she, yeah, but she just like kind of walks away and, but she is like very suspicious, but can, she continues to trust Alexis for an unknown reason. That's a really she continues to The mom like goes back and forth. Well, cause like we saw in, God, I don't remember which stock by my doctor it is, but there's one of them where the mom totally falls for it. And there's one of them where the mom like sees through it right away. And is immediately it's Sophie's like, mom because yeah. the dad is also a dick. He's like, "Well, guys are just gonna look at you if you have boobs," and the oh, mom yeah, is like, yeah. "No." The mom's like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> and no. this one, like, you can't tell the entire time. Like, is the mom clued into what's going on, or is she a dumbass? Like, you're not sure. You're really not sure. Back and forth the entire time. Right. She's yeah. She really. It's a real bait and switch throughout the movie. Yeah. Just like with um, the babies. Just like with the babies. <laughs> <laughs> bait and switched at birth. Yeah. Um. So. After this brief parking lot altercation, or interaction, it wasn't really an altercation, Alexis drives to the office of the guy who used to be the head coach of the volleyball team at the community college. She finds him somehow. And so she drives to his office and is like, hey, like, do you know this guy? Like, John, whatever his name name is. is. Um, And he's like, yeah, like, he actually just asked me for a letter of recommendation a couple months ago. Yeah, he's like, he lives down the street. And Brooke like, is like, what? Like, day. he's not dead? And yeah. he's like, no, he's not dead. He works in Northern California. Yeah. And Brooke is like, holy shit. He's alive. And so that's that. How does this next part go down? He's like, I'm he, about to go for a yeah, run. I'll to... walk you out. Right. And he, I don't know what his job is. His job is running, office coach, big coach. (laughs) His job is coach. Coach. Yeah, and he was going for a run, and he's like, "I'll walk you out." So he goes for a run. He's walking out the. He like walks with Brooke to her car. Alexis has followed Brooke to this location because she's following her because she's suspicious about her asking about John. Yeah, she now knows that she that That Brooke is like onto her kind of totally. And Alexis is like, oh, my God, what is she doing here at the head coach's office? And so she interrupts the head coach on his run, and he's like, Alexis, like, what are you doing here? Because he recognizes her, her immediately. From, yeah, from 15 years ago. Yeah, and she's like, she, what does she say? She's like, I won't let you take my daughter away from me. Yeah, like, something like, to that effect. I've done, everything I've done is to protect my daughter. Yeah, something like that. The same kind of meltdown she had with her, with her boss. Um, but then she... Gives him a big old shove down the stairs. Yeah. The she concrete him stairs. Again, and he goes down like the two flights of stairs. 
Yeah. So she's at this point run over her baby daddy. Yes. She has pushed pushed and pushed so run over the baby daddy we don't know if he's dead she's pushed the boss and hit his head don't know if he's, he's dead he's no we he's never a, find out if you're right we never find out if he's alive or dead because <gasps> they say they're like gonna reopen it but it's like seems like he's had an they think it's an accident so they i guess that no they really they don't. just said it was an accident they didn't say if it resulted in death yeah that's true i don't know Anyway, so two questionables, and, and now then this guy that we know for sure is dead is dead because it's on the news that night, and yeah. a, and Brooke and Carter are watching the news in bed, which is like how romantic. <laughs> I feel like that's so suburban, so suburban to crawl in bed and put on the news, and they're like, yeah, like this guy was just found dead. He fell, dead. He, he yeah, fell down like, the stairs. I was stairs. just with this guy. Yeah, no, and they were like, he had heat exhaustion and oh, like yeah. died when he was running. This guy out. who was a professional coach, he's professionally in shape. He just yeah. passed out from exhaustion. And Alex is like, oh my god, that is so weird. Like, I was just with him today. And Carter's kind of like, oh, like, that's weird. Like, let's leave it alone. Um, But Brooke does go home and tell Haley, she tells her daughter Haley and Carter yeah. What's going on? She's like, I found I him. Found... He's still alive. Right. So on and so forth. Um, and then there's a barbecue later that night where Brienne and they're all gonna like get together. They're all gonna get together and do like a family barbecue, like yes. I suggested in the beginning. Yes. Which like is they great. should have been doing like before they in private been doing. time. So like Alexis and her greasy boyfriend, who's like a freeloader who lives in her like poor person Spanish style yeah. house with her, and is we get coming no along. info on him the entire time, other than that his name is Nick, and he's like kind of a sleazebag. Yeah, and I kind of like didn't know his name was Nick till like three quarters of the you way through the movie. You don't find that out, I think, until the scene where they're all like yelling at the barbecue, and she's like Nick. <laughs> yeah, it literally like doesn't come up until no. then. No, you don't know anything about him because you don't need to, right? And so the girls are hitting it off. Brienne and Haley are really hitting it off. Adam. <laughs> That was so cute. He is so sweet. I just meant him. I think I'm going to breeze through a little bit of this here because yeah. I think this is, well, yeah, I guess the barbecue is kind of an imperative moment. Um, if you want to breeze through, I can step out for a minute. Oh, you don't have to step out. Please don't step out. I'm actually just trying to get us to the next most fun part to talk about. That's why I'm going to let you like run, <laughs> run through this. If, interject if you have a comment to make on anything okay. though, Okay. So they're all over at Brooke and Carter's house for a fancy barbecue. The boyfriend, Nick, gets drunk and starts a fight with Alexis at the dinner table um, because he's like, oh, this is what a this is what a double income house looks like, right? Yeah. I don't know what point he's trying to make because he's the one who's not contributing money to the household. Right. So, like, I don't get why he would call that out. No, because I think it was like a reverse thing where he's like, is this why you're always, I don't know, like, I don't know what his point was. They all just, like, seem to have a weird shtick up their ass about the fact that this other couple has, has money. money. <laughs> right. But it comes out in really weird ways. It is because, like, Nick is, like, able-bodied from what I can tell. Like, he could have a job. Correct. And they don't talk about him having a job. No, ever. and it's kind of assumed that he's, like, a lazy piece of shit who just, like... Right. And the wife is... Or the, the mom is... Picking up doubles. Yeah, like, picking up doubles. Like, trying her best to, like, make ends meet. For the daughter. And Nick is just, like, there. Yeah, what the fuck is this dude doing? And then he's just, like, being a big baby, making comments like, oh, these people have two incomes. Well, fuck you. So, like, go get a job. (laughs) Like, that would even be a valid comment to make if he was bitter about her not having a job. Like, I know this sounds so conservative of us, but, like, dude, what the fuck? 
Like, nobody wants to work anymore. Like, go get a job. Seems like nobody wants to work anymore. Yeah, really. Get your ass, get your ass up and work. Um, no, yeah, we do sound very conservative saying that. Especially since I've done, like, three episodes where I go on tangents about how I hate working. Yeah, but you also don't go on tangents about <laughs> how you hate other people for having, having more money. money. <laughs> That's a really, really good point. You can't have both. No. You can be a lazy piece of shit, but then you can't complain. <laughs> um, so... Nick at that point as he's on his drunken tirade um lets it slip that John is still alive he's like oh are you gonna beat me up just like you did your ex and she was like Nick not here like don't say that here and at this point the daughters are catching on to the conversation and they're like wait what's going on and Haley is like mom tell her what you found out earlier and Brooke is like well no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna this wasn't supposed to come out like this Oh, it, okay, yeah, so then Brooke also reveals that she found out today that John is also alive. And Alexis is pissed that Nick spilled the beans. Brienne is, like, feeling betrayed by her mother for lying about her what who she thought was her father being dead her whole life. And that is when Brienne decides to stay with Haley and her parents instead of going yeah. home with the mom. Right, she's like, I'm just gonna chill here for a little bit because what the fuck? Because she's, like, obviously, like, hello. Like, is who is, what is anything? Yeah. Who's my dad? Who's now my mom? Now I've been switched at birth and my dad's not dead. What's going What's on? What's going on? Get this girl a therapist. Literally. Maybe, possibly even a psychiatrist. Who's to say? Um, uh, definitely both. Definitely at both. Least one of The one-two combo. That'll yeah. do it. Um, so Brienne stays with the other family, with the rich family, and Alexis goes home. She dumps Nick. She kicks him out. She says, you can walk home and move your shit out of my house. And Alexis is kind of trying to reach out the next day because what's also interesting is that Brienne, like, goes to school with Haley the next day. So, like, Beverly Hills hire I her. wondered about that. Where I was like, did they, like, transfer her? Or, like, what's going on? Yeah, the she mom was like, I called and her. said that you're coming to school with Haley tomorrow. And she was like, okay, that's fine. It's like, is she, like, that okay with just, like, switching schools? Like, why wouldn't she just Overnight? stay home for a day? That's okay. Stay home. Yeah, don't go to school for a day. Like, huh? I don't get it. Or or did they go to the same school the whole time, which is just as fucking weird? No, because she's, at one point, she's, like, it's a lot different than my old school. Oh, you're right. She does mention At dinner. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, they're, like, at school or whatever. Um, The guy that Haley has a crush on invites them to like a party and they like both say they're gonna go and they're like finding friendship and camaraderie they are they're really they're bonding they they're bond bonding. real easily this is like a real girls they're girls girls mm-hmm. those two are are the best part of the movie because they just have a wholesome kind of arc so brooke is working from home she's working in her living room and her best friend slash assistant viv um and she's, like, confiding in Viv that she's, like, overwhelmed with, like, all of the turbulence in her personal life and work and the opening of the community center. And so the bestie is, like, oh, like, let me go get you a mocha macchiato. That'll make you feel better. Which, like, it does always make me feel better when my bestie brings me a little chocolate treat drink. Like, she's right about that. Like, she is right about and that. And a macchiato, fake it may be, but it sounds delicious. But it would fix my problems. Like, yeah. So she goes to get a mocha macchiato for her bestie boss, Brooke. I mean, Which I is like, interesting because, okay. like, I didn't even put it together that the bestie boss, Brooke, in the movie, I, my bestie boss is also, <laughs> also Brooke. Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even put the names together. Oh, I put that together immediately. <laughs> That's so funny. I was like, there's <laughs> Olivia. 
What if I was Brooke's personal assistant? I think that would be a huge slay. Yeah, it would I also think that we would not be friends. Not or we'd be better friends. Because I'd schedule everything. That's true. So I could be just... so mad if she, when she missed them. <laughs> You're right. I was like, I could just schedule her to hang out with me all the time. If me, me being my friend's personal assistant, I'm like, just pencil me in for three hours from 11 to 2. Nice. <laughs> I mean, that, if I could do that at any given job, then work would be fine. It would be so fun if that was work. But so Vivian leaves to go get side coffee. And at this point, Brooke kind of lets herself into the house. Not Brooke. I keep saying the wrong name. Alexis lets herself into the house and is like, I'm dropping this stuff off for my daughter, for Brienne. Right, 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 right. And the moms kind of have like a little bit of a tiff, which is kind of irrelevant. Alexis then finds, um, she like waits in front of the house for the girls to home, come home from school. And she like interrupts and she's like, Brienne, like, please talk to me. Like, I've been trying to call yeah, you she, all like, day. her daughter. Like, please come home. I am going to book the hotel for us to go on the trip. And Brienne is like, how do you have the money to go on the trip? You told me a did couple days ago. They were planning. They were, yeah, we did been, because she's okay. been kicking up the double shift so that they had the yeah, money to go on the vacation. She's been planning. She's been promising her daughter this whole time that they would go on this trip up the coast. Right. And she's like, I'm going to, I booked the trip that we were going to go on. And Brienne kind of like calls her bluff and is like, how did you get the money? You told me literally three days ago that you're going to have to work a couple more months and then you'll have enough. So she's kind of onto the fact that her mom is stealing. Or doing something. Or she, doing something so suspicious. She's about, like, Mom, what are you doing? Yeah, she is. She's, like, she's like concerned. Yeah. And, like, weirded out. And she goes into their house, and she's, like, yeah, my like I'm just, like, confused about, like, my mom. Like, she isn't who I thought she was. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, yeah, I don't know. Um, well, and the restaurant has been closed because of the owner's slip and fall. Again, like, we know that it's closed. We don't know if he's dead or not. We don't and, know if he's at all. And, so and, and like, it does reopen. Have, yeah, but Brian's like, how have you been getting more money if the restaurant's been fucking closed? Right. Yeah, because mom's like, well, I picked up extra shifts. And she's like, no, you didn't. And like, work what, what has been fuck? closed. You're right, you're right, you're right. Which is, like, smart. Like, yeah, she, yeah. she calls her bluff. And the mom is, like, torn up. She goes home and cries in bed, saying that she's going to be better for her daughter. Yeah. Um, And that her only purpose is to be her mother. Um, so then there's this whole thing. I'm, this is like so stupid, but there is that whole part where like Alexis like get purposefully bumps Viv with her car while she's yes. driving. Viv is like on a bike ride. This is a, the bestie employee. The bestie employee assistant was riding her bike at night. Alexis was like tailing her. Yeah. Knocks her over. Also unclear if she's dead or not, but she is alive. Like that does come out the yeah. next scene that she, she doesn't die. But Alexis did all that so that while Vivian's in the hospital, she, like, stages it so that Brooke offers her the job of her assistant while Viv is in the hospital, which is, like, so weird. Like, how did you even know that was going to work out like that? Whatever. That's, like, Hollywood magic, I guess. That's showbiz, baby. Um, later that night at dinner, the girls and then Carter and Brooke are sitting there, and the parents kind of position this conversation to the girls of, like, hey, like – we wanted to talk to you guys about something because at this point they're just like one big happy family. <laughs> it's like really interesting. But like they're all kind of weirded out by Alexis. But they're all kind of weirded out by Alexis. Yes, exactly. But the mom, for some reason, even though her spidey senses were like, oh, this lady is not trustworthy. She lied yeah. about John being dead, she et cetera, et cetera. She still offers her the job as her personal assistant. As her personal assistant. And then she posits at dinner later that night to the girls of if anything were to happen to her and Carter, Alexis should be their legal guardian. Yeah. Why would she go against her intuition like that? Why would she do that? It makes no sense. And also, I don't under- understand, like, 
there must have been someone they already had lined up in their life to take their one daughter. Why would it change to Alexis? Well, the reasoning they gave is that she is one of the girl's biological mother and she raised the other girl. So it would only make sense that the two of them would go to her. But like, I guess I'm just like, you don't know her. Right. And also these girls are like 17. So like this accident, hypothetical thing would would have to happen within the next year. year. Because once those girls are 18, no one, they don't need legal guardianship anyway. Yeah. So it is like an interesting thing. But the other thing is that Alexis is peeping Tom outside this whole time, listening through the window, watching them eat dinner and have this conversation. So she overhears that Brooke has these plans for the lawyer to draw up a contract to like give this living trust to her where like if anything were to happen to Brooke and Carter, Alexis would be able to move into the fancy ass house and she would be like given a stipend from their savings, like alimony. Right. Like to support her jobs and support the kids. So now Alexis knows that all this money is on the line. But when she kind of sits down, Brooke and her sit down and like, Brooke and Alexis sit down and Brooke is like, hey, like, would you be open to this? And Alexis is like, oh my God, yes. Like, what an honor. I'd love to like, like, thank you. And my notes are getting off. The notes are kind of like, I'm kind of skipping ahead. So if you're reading the notes, I might be missing stuff. I don't even know what's going on anymore. (laughs) You're just kind of like here. I'm just here for the vibe. Kind of not even in spirit, just in body. Correct. (laughs) Correct. We're almost to the end. We're at the end here. Alexis never signs the paper that would have entrusted Brooke and Carter's whole thing to her. So she has plausible deniability for when she tries to kill them later. (laughs) That she She didn't know about the living trust. And and Brooke never bothers to check if she signed. She just assumes that she signed it. And when she gave the envelope back. Whatever. Irrelevant. Um, um, Alexis finds her crusty scuzzy boyfriend's gun as he's moving out and she takes it with her oh yeah that's right because she also makes up that whole lie about how which she because remember she also beats up nick i think you were tuned out for this part yeah i did she beats nick up with the gun she takes the gun and doesn't shoot him but like hits yeah. it he, she like knocks What's his chin you, I don't know called? I don't know I'm not around guns enough there's a name for it she like makes it and she drags his body outside and makes it look like she broke he broke his neck Ooh. and so then she and it's like an oh. accident and she calls the police and she's like my boyfriend just slipped and then she runs away oh my god they why are they always slipping and falling they're always slipping and falling they're Everyone the death toll the, life alert. the slip and fall death toll osho would be appalled at what's going on in the lifetime movie universe so many people Literally. are slipping and falling um but she then runs over to brooke and carter's house and she's crying and she's like oh my god like i'm so sad like i my Nick just slipped and fell and his neck is broken. And so I can't go back to that house. I'm too traumatized. And so they offer her to stay with them. Of course. As, so as now they're would. all living together. The two moms, Carter, the two girls are all living in the same house. And Alexis is working for Brooke. Yes. This is pure mess. Yes. This is nothing but mess. And like, obviously there's going to be an issue because the other thing that I don't think you missed is that Brooke... Alexis, who killed Nick, yes, brought his gun. Yeah, no, I caught that. to the house. Yep, yep. And so later, like the girls are gonna go see a movie. Yes, 
I caught this part. Oh, well, also, backtrack slightly. Alexis convinces Brooke and Carter to go out of town for, like, a romantic getaway for, like, overnight. Yeah. For, like, the weekend. Kicks them out, so she is And she's like, I found this Airbnb. I booked it for you. It's like, what? Yeah. And they're like, okay, awesome. They're not, like, weird that this lady who's had, like, several deaths connected to her in the past week just booked us an Airbnb. That's That's normal. That's not at all. So they're out of town. Alexis is holding down the fort at home at the fancy house. And the girls are going to go see a movie. And the girls leave to go drive to the movie theater. But Brienne runs back in and she's like, Mom, I forgot to ask for money. I need to borrow some money for the movie. And she sees Alexis. (laughs) The names are so, they're spinning in my head getting the gun out from underneath the mattress. And Brianna's like, Mom, like, what is that doing here? You're going to get us kicked out of this house. Like, you have to get rid of the gun. And then she just kind of, like, in true teenage daughter fashion, just kind of, like, rolls her eyes and walks out the door. And they go to the movie. (laughs) No worries about that. No, all good. Alexis then drives, is driving up to the cabin where Carter and Brooke are staying with the gun. And the girls figure this out when they get home from the movie and Alexis isn't there. And Brianna is like, she knows that the gun yeah. was there earlier, so she goes and looks under the mattress. She sees the gun is gone, and she's like, my mom is up to something. Yeah. we ha- I know where she's going. She's going to the cabin. Also mixed up in this that you also, I think, had tuned out for is that John has been, no, like, trying say, to reach that. There was a guy that shows up. Yeah, yeah, and he's been, like, trying to reach um, Brooke and Haley to warn them that, like, hey, don't let this lady into your life like she's dangerous and she tried to kill me. And so he kind of teams up with the daughters. It's like all very serendipitous timing. Yeah, he like, like shows he, up the house. He and shows the daughters up the are house. Like, we gotta find a way to get to the. Cabin. The daughters are scared at first. They're like, "Get away from us!" Like, what are you doing? And he's like, "No, like you don't get it. Like I'm your father. Like I'm Alexis's ex boyfriend. Yeah. Like she's really dangerous. I'm trying to help you." They do intrinsically. They do like, trust him implicitly, which is interesting. I wouldn't know if I would trust a guy who claimed to be my father following me home from the movies. Okay, that's a good point. But I'm glad it worked out. But he, I, he did have pure intention, so it is... He did. And if I were in the specific situation where, I, where like, if he could answer certain questions, it would be provable. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So, so yeah, that's fine. It's I guess that's fine. like a rando. Moving on. He's not a rando. I'm sure he could prove his identity very easily. Yeah. Um, they, the three of them, John and the two girls, are like, we gotta go. Like, John, drive us to the cabin. And so Brienne is kind of, like, directing them to this cabin because she knows where it is. And interesting because in The Wrong Daughter, there was also a cabin. There's always a cabin. There's always a cabin. It's so suspicious. They get to the cabin. They see that Alexis is there. She is holding Brooke and Carter at gunpoint. And she, like, explains that her, like, her masterminding of, like, not signing the trust so that when they say... Because Brooke's whole thing is, like, you can't kill us. They'll know that you killed us for the money. Right. Alexis is then, like, no, they won't. I never signed the paper. So when they say that you've entrusted all of this to me, I can play it off, like, I had no idea. Yeah. Because she never signed the paper. So Haley and Brienne and John storm in at just the right time. They get Alexis to drop the gun. The police run in. They arrest Alexis. And everyone lives happily ever after. And then I could have sworn there was more. And then it flashes forward, and then they're walking, the two girls are walking out together to go to prom. I thought there was more of the, like, fight scene climax. They really dragged that shit out. I think, like, I don't think there was that much to the fight scene climax. I was just deep in my online dress shopping at that point. You were, and guess what? You didn't even find a dress. We're not going to (laughs) talk, I can't talk about the dress yet. So that's, 
Deadly Daughter, oh. the deadliest, what is it called? Well, it was, Deadly it's called Daughter Deadly Daughter Switch, Switch but it was a crazy name. Crazy name. It was released under an alternate title, like they often do as Deadliest Switch. Okay, that one's better, but it is giving Deadliest Catch. It's giving Deadliest Catch. the funniest thing ever. It's, it, it's bad, and it also gives no, like, it gives you no hints about, like, what it's going to be about. Like, yeah, but, like, who's switched? Like, what was switched? Like, yeah, it was the Deadliest one, but, like, what was the switch? At least in Deadly Daughter Switch, yeah. you get the sense that it's daughter. Okay, fair enough. I don't know. I mean, I have issues with the entire naming scheme I, of most Lifetime yeah. movies. Because they do kind of tell you what's going to happen before the movie even starts. Like, yeah. stalked by my doctor, you know that someone's going to get gonna stalked, stalked by, by their doctor. doctor. <laughs> There's no question about it. And even in the subtitle, <laughs> stalked by my doctor, three patients revenge, you know that someone's going to get stalked by their doctor, and the patient will take revenge. Take revenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They leave nothing up for interpretation. Well, any final thoughts? Oh, my God. Thanks um, for joining me. We've been recording thoughts. for an hour. Jesus. It kind of feels like it's been three. Yeah, it does. This one felt long. I feel long. like we've been sitting here uh, forever. This one felt long. I wish I had I wish I had better commentary on this movie, honestly. Well, there was And I think that I don't have good commentary because it's just simply it's just not a good movie. It was not good. There wasn't a lot to talk about. No. I did like I I wanna go see the, I wanna After see the Sydney my, Sweeney one. I should go back and you watch You should go that. back and watch The Wrong Daughter. That one's pretty like, good. I don't know what it is that makes a lifetime movie good because they're never good, but like some of them just hit you in such a way that you are entranced by the screen the entire time. Yeah, and like, I still watch Talk by My Doctor all these times later, and I'm still into it. Well, and and I always go back to, what's, what's the twin one? What with is the guys that, that get switched? Uh-huh. No, the ladies. With the, with oh, the a, s- murder, a murder sister no. something. What is it? A sister secret. A sister, a sister secret. secret. That one is that so good. Is my favorite Lifetime movie of all time. That's your daddy's perfect little girl. Yes, that is my favorite <laughs> fucking movie. Because a I sister just, secret. Like I, we genuinely recommend that one. I recommend that people that watch one. that. There one. is not a second of that movie that you are not glued to the screen, going, "What the." fuck am I watching that one has and also if I remember correctly that one that bad acting isn't nearly as egregious as some of them no it's not it's a little better it's a little more passable and I think that that also I think that plays a huge role where like it's all gonna be bad but in some of them in some of them the writing and the acting are both so bad in combination that it's right. so, just painful. And in some of them, like, in Daddy's Perfect Little Girl, it is such bad writing and such bad acting mm-hmm. to a point that it's, like, high camp. Yes. And, like, it has to go one of, it. Ha- it's a bell curve of badness. Yes. Yeah. There's, like, an alignment chart that we could probably do someday of, like, bad, oh, good movies. I bet we could, oh, yeah. yeah. We'll work on that. Um, but other than that, I think we're going to sign off. Okay. Thanks for joining me, Montana. I Thank had a great so time. Thank you so much for having me. I had this, was, literally, this was so fun. I had so much fun, and I'm really thankful that you were willing to sit on the floor with me for an hour. I mean, I would have I would have sat on the floor for you for any amount of time. Thank you. And you'll be back because we're doing oh, our sure FNF will. episode. That one, I have so many thoughts and feelings about. It's, like, not even funny. I think – I can't wait for that one. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Okay, bye. We love you. Bye. Remember to follow, subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review if you haven't. Um, and – Montana, do you want people to follow you on Instagram or not? No, absolutely not. <laughs> you don't even use it. I haven't posted on Instagram since 2019. If you, you post, follow me, you will be you deeply You post an occasional story. Like, yeah, literally whatever. one. Yeah, and it's usually when I do something with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. No. Okay, well, love you guys. Bye. Bye, Obscure Nation. Bye. See you next time.